somebody liked it. Who remembers way back in the beginning with Facebook when you posted something and somebody liked it? You got an email. Hmm. Remember that? You had to go in your email and check and you're like, your cousin liked your photo. Okay? That happened all the time. When the app generation came around, push notifications changed the game because there was instant engagement. So that's another reason why it's most important that you have a custom app because you're able to communicate with your people with your brand. It's more about branding, branding yourself. So that if you're using some sort of online booking, someone's not coming into your shop. I did an app with Tyree Jackson for Hip Barbershop five years ago. It's a Sharp Image Barbershop app. Tyreek's barbershop name, Sharp Ribbon Barbershop. You walk in, everybody's wearing a smile, Sharp Ribbon Barbershop. On the window, Sharp Ribbon Barbershop. Then he says, hey, you can book an appointment with me, just download another app. Right? So there's that separation. So you want to build customer loyalty. How many of you use some sort of loyalty program with a brand like Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks? Anybody using that loyalty plan? Chick-fil-A just launched an app, right? You can get the Chick-fil-A app, you can build customer loyalty. So that's the big reason why you want to have a custom app so that your name, your brand is represented in the app store. Okay? So the, the next thing I'm going to talk about, got a few more minutes here. I'm not going to take up too much of your time, I promise. So this is uh, the, the app I was talking about. It's the Sharp Rimmage Barbershop app. You see Tyreek there before he had a full beard. Just had a little looking like a Bobby Chulo right here. <laughs> you heard of that? So this is a way to build customer loyalty, okay? You don't want to, for me, I think it's more important. Most of the time, these other brands that you're using for online booking, once the person downloads that app, they are going into the, to that app and see a directory of barbers. And someone's like saying, hey, come to my restaurant, it's in the food court at the moment, right? Because as soon as they walk in, what are they going to see? A bunch of other restaurants. So is it really advantageous for you to be promoting your competition, OK? That's where the answer for me will be, though. So when you download Terry Jackson's Barbershop app, you're going to see his social medias on there. YouTube can be on there. And we have, tons of, we have about 65 different features that we offer. We have a fan page. Big Al's there, we're good, Big Al. Big Al's got a shop, VIP Barbershop is over there. So a couple guys in here already have an app. So if you guys want more information on how to get an app, to get started with it, you can follow me on Instagram, it's effectsapps, uh, effects.com. I have some pamphlets. I'm gonna be done here in like 60 seconds. Oh no, I got two minutes though. I really got two minutes, hold on. So, that's what it's about. It's just about branding yourself. I have an app in the app store. It's under EFX, just E-F-E-X-X. That's the marketing website. We have a full platform. There's a back office. You go in. You can send out push notifications. You can schedule notifications. My whole thing is, it makes sense to have your clients download the app. But how do you introduce the app? And that's what I'm going to talk about for the next two minutes. How do you introduce that to, to your client, right? So the conversation shouldn't be, hey man, I got all these people coming in to get haircuts, they're booking appointments for me, they're DMing me, they're messaging me on, on Instagram, and then I put them in my book and they don't show up. I'm tired. I'm doing online booking now. Giving me on, online, booking appointment before you get in here because I'm done with that, you pay the deposit, whatever it is. That's very complaining. Me, if I'm a customer, because I'm not a barber. So I see a lot of things from the customers not just the barber's lens. That doesn't sound good to me. But if I send me a chair, it's my first time I would walk in, say, hey, how's it going? I call something, I call it the now and later promotion. Now and later promotion, right? How many of y'all like now and later? What's your, what's your favorite now and later? Fruit? He said fruit. <laughs> else? Fruit. Great. Fruit. Great. Great.
$35. You download the app right now, in this moment, right in front of me, you're gonna get a discount. They download the app, they see a coupon inside of the app, they redeem it with you, they gotta register with you. Now you just collected all their information, immediately, right now, they got a discount. That's the now. Then you say, oh wait, wait, before you go, let me see your phone. You give them a stamp on the loyalty card, the loyalty card. How many of y'all have ever done a loyalty program? Right, right, so this thing's been around for 40 some years. Okay, loyalty is old, you kind of scribble your name on it. As soon as the customer gives them the card, falls between the seats, they never see it again, they come back, no, trust me, I got four stamps. They're like, no, you know. So that happens a lot, but now it's gonna be in their phone. Okay, and that's the way you market it. Oh, talk us up. Sorry about that. So, I'm gonna finish up this last point. So, you do right now, you download the app, you get five, 10, you, you get five, 10 dollars off, whatever, everything's customizable on the app, okay? Then you say, hey, before you go, let me give you your first loyalty stamp, you'll get um, a free haircut, 50% off your haircut on your 15 stamp, so every haircut you get one stamp, or you can do 800 points, gives you a free haircut for every dollar you spend, you get a point. You can customize it however you want. All these features are really geared towards retention, customer retention, okay? Booking an appointment is actually the, the foundation of everything, but the way you start the conversation is to incentivize your clients, and that's what I came here to share with you today. Thank you.
I appreciate that because there's uh, many, many nights that I'm sitting next to my wife in bed on a FaceTime, and I gotta be careful so I'm not moving the phone side to side, and uh, birds just asking me question after question after question after question about how I do what I do, why I do what I do, because he wants to do some of those things. And so Jay had asked me to come and teach, and he said, I want you to teach about education. And I said, awesome. And so he said, people want to know about opening a school. And I said, great. And he said, but they also want to know about education and influences. What's the difference? And so <coughs> my presentation today is, is the school right for me? How do I know if school ownership is right for me? And so before I get into actually talking about the school part, so I brought this big old thing. Y'all want to talk about school? We can talk about school. <laughs> this is just one of many. And I'm going to give you a better visual about this in a second. So I don't think y'all want that. So let's start off with, obviously, if you're not following me on Instagram, I am Tyree Jackson every Tuesday, 9, 30, 8 a.m. Uh, how many of you guys watch Tyree Talk to you? I love you guys. How many of you are sharing with, with other people? I love you guys. We're going to be doing some more giveaways. Also, I sat down a month ago and talked with uh, Chris Bazio, 245 team, and they were saying, Tyree, you need to be on YouTube. And so today, we launched a YouTube channel. He develops the people around him, he develops 
develops a team, develops other companies. So he's actually doing the thing. So when I see myself, I see myself not like a Gary Vee in the sense that, you know, I'm going to be out there and just start cursing and just doing all this stuff. That's not what I see. But I look at the work that he's doing. And I want to be impactful by educating and giving out this information that's going to be able to be helpful to an industry of people that need it. And I know that our industry is need is in need of the information that was given today. So when I look at my barber school, I'm a, a, a student of the game. I went to school, I did college, I did barbering, I opened up a shop, I managed, I apprenticed students, I did all that stuff. I worked in the school, I gave up my career as a barber that was booked Monday through Saturday from nine to nine. I was the barber who was lying to his wife every single day. I'll be home in a minute. I'll be right there, man, no worries. One more, I got one more. You know what I'm talking about. That was me. And I gave that up because I was so busy doing it. I absolutely loved it. I was traveling, I was teaching long before social media, before we were recording and putting stuff on YouTube and Instagram. I was at shows competing. I remember when I first met Bird, and we were at a show in, in, in Atlantic City. He stopped and he goes, yeah, man, you got this blue hair. I'm like, what's up, bro? And he's like, man, you're cool, man. <laughs> uh, what do you do, man? I'm like, uh, you know, I got out of school, I cut hair. It's like, oh, you got hair? My name is Bird, man. Nice to meet you. Shark fade, you know? I got these shears. I want you to take a look at them. And I start breaking down the shear. He's like, you know a lot about shears. And I'm looking up because I was looking down at them. So I'm trying to, trying to give you this visual, right? So I'm looking up because this is how our conversation was going. And uh, he goes, you know a lot about shears, bro. How do you know so much about shears? He said, I work with shears. So I started telling him stuff about the different types of shears. He said, so are these people buying shears? I said, they're okay. And they said, man, it shouldn't be there. I'm like, no, I don't know what you want to do with the shears. Then we started talking about it. I said, no, they're great shears for what you're trying to do. He goes, oh, man, I feel better now. Right? And then, and then he said something about his hair. And I pulled out my phone. And I opened up my phone. And in the beginning, I went all the way to the back of my photos. And it was like photos from 2003. And a lot of stuff that you see here got Zeno doing with the color, you remember? I showed you pictures, he said, bro, you had hair. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I showed him all these photos. So I'm sharing that story with you because in 2005, I had glow-in-the-dark hair on $25,000 competing with glow-in-the-dark hair, so it's not good. But before social media and the ability to put it out there, to get it out there much quicker, I was doing those things. So when I stepped away from the industry, I lost a part of what Gary B is doing, putting the content out right away and making it happen so you can get it in the now. I missed that section. But while I was missing that section, I was building something else. And by being a practitioner, I was learning how to do other business. I gave up my, my clientele to work at a school for $20 an hour. You're making over 100 something grand a year, you give it up to $20 an hour. Because the goal and the sacrifice was guess what? I want to open up a school one day, so I had to give up something to do something else. And so there was some sacrifice that was made, family sacrifice. You know, I remember telling my wife, we're going to open up a shop. We're getting ready to get married. She said, no, we're not. I said, no, we're going to open up a shop. She said, you're not going to mess up my wedding. I need a cake. We need a photographer. I said, uh, we're going to do all of that stuff, I promise you. But we got to open up a shop first. We did that. And I remember when I was going to open up a school, when I was going to work in a school, and for a period there, I was a bad home dad. You know, the shops were doing great. I'm at home, dad, working. And you have your kids doing your thing. And I'm taking the kids here. And dinner was done on Thursday, all the way Monday through Thursday, around 5 o'clock. So she didn't have to worry about cooking. I was like, at home, dad. And then I said, I'm going to go work at the school. She was like, what's that mean? I said, well, we're going to go to school one day. Okay. Been here before. That means I can't do some of the stuff of doing laundry and cleaning and helping out with the kids like I can. We're going to have to make some sacrifices and some which wasn't a good, comfortable two months. About three months after, she was like, I don't know if I can do this. We need to figure this out. Sacrifices. And then I promised her that I would open the school. And when I opened the school, she'd quit her job. She'd go back to school and do what she wanted to do. And she did it. Yeah. We did it.
Put your name into my map. Put your name in the middle and write who you are. I'm selfish. I'm educated. I want to be
and it, it was a flawed system. We had that conversation. I went in and I said, okay, what am I going to do? So I gave up my career as a barber to work as an instructor at a school. But I've been doing it for years as an apprentice instructor. I've been training people for years. I've been traveling all over the world and at different shows teaching. Now I'm going to sacrifice and go and clock in and clock out and deal with students and doing all this stuff. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. The reason why you need to understand that and you have to be teachable because you understand the responsibility it takes to learn. If you're not teachable, it's very challenging to sit in front of somebody who doesn't know how to say what they want to say. I'll give you an example. But Tyree, you know, I want to talk to you real quick. What's up? What's up? What's up? Cool. Now, you know, I feel that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you know sometimes when I'm, like, trying to, uh, so I feel, you know, you know what I'm saying? You feel me? <laughs> no. Help me to understand what you're trying to say. All right. So I'm not getting the, um, I'm having a lot of problems at home. Oh. So it's not what we're doing here. It's something outside of that. You know the responsibility it takes to learn. If you want to be a teacher, you have to be able to be teachable and moldable so that you can help to cultivate the type of learners that you need for your programs. I don't care if you're on one stage one week in a month or every uh, weekend or once a month somewhere else. It doesn't matter. You need to be able to connect with that audience. Let's talk a little bit about different teaching styles. And I gotta give you some of this before I get into some of the school stuff. Class participation, demonstration, recitation, and memorization. These are things that they teach you old ways of thinking of how to teach. So yeah, you need class participation. You walk around and go, hey, and what do you say? Uh, someone says something. So you're getting people to, 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 to express what it is that they're learning. So there's class, then there's demonstration. Then it's recitation and memorization. Memorization is the one that I, I like at least. I like it least because if I'm, if I'm trying to get you to memorize something that I'm saying, chances are you're going to forget. You're going to forget because you have to recall something that you only memorized but you have no clear understanding of what it is. It's our job to ensure that your audience doesn't just memorize it but learn it and know it. Let me give you an example of what I mean. I've been on stage even yesterday while I was moderating the education. They're, they're, they were asking certain questions and they were asked something like, what happens to the hair when you wet it? What bonds are being infected? And then one person says, H bonds. And it's one third of the hair is total strength. And then people are like, they just don't know. They may have learned some of it to pass an exam, or maybe they just don't have a license, and they don't know, but they know practically what it looks like and how it feels, and so they do it. So there's a demonstration side that helps them to retain and kind of recall some of that information. Class participation is key. Having demonstrations. The other day, we were talking about at school. And I'm not in front of the students anymore. I'm actually in front of the educators, because I need to make more of me in school. We need more of what I'm doing in schools so that the schools can be better. We can have effective learners and practitioners so that we can hire them. When I look at a student, a student to me is not money. They're not someone that comes in and, oh, this is a $17,000 check. When a student comes to me, a student is material. They're coming and they're saying, hey, this is what I have to offer. Can you make me into this? Whatever that is. So they come as material. It is my job to take that material, mold it, okay, and create what it is that they want to be. They become my product. When I put that product out on the marketplace, you know who my consumer is? Anyone guess? Who? No. No. Who? Shops. The shop owner is my consumer because he wants my product. He says, man, I'm getting ready to open up another barbershop. I need three more of the last one you sent me. I take a student, I take that material, I create a product, I put that product on the marketplace. When I put that product on the marketplace, the shop owner then says, I need more. If you had a good product and you've ever used it and you ran out of it, you went frantically going store to store before Amazon. And he went looking for it, right? Now Amazon, oh, this person, this person, this person, oh, they're cheap over here. I need to stand up with them because I don't want to run out. You ever have 
teach the way that they learn. Think about that. If I'm a visual learner, everyone needs to learn the way I learn, because that's what works for me. Well, I'm a fact finder, so we're going to go like this. I'm going to find all these facts. I'm going to share this with you. This is how I learn. Not everyone learns the same. So you have different learners that they have the way that they receive the information. You have the way that they process the information. And then you have the way that they are. That's something totally different. So you might be a visual learner, but you are different in other areas. The way you handle things, you don't like sarcasm, but they do. If they're sarcastic all day, they push your buttons one day, I gotta deal with that. Or an instructor who busts on students, why are you busting on a student? He can't take that kind of stuff. Oh, he got to toughen his skin. No, he don't think that, you don't know your student. Does this make sense? Have you all ever experienced some of this? Okay, let's give you a little bit of stuff here. Uh, participation is important. You want to be tactical and resourceful. We need to take ownership and find solutions to the problems. The better your business is, is because you're finding solutions to problems. I went into the school business because there was a problem. One, there was no schools for me to go to. Number one. Number two, I thought that some of the school systems were flawed because I went to Cobb School, I visited barber schools all over the country before I worked in the school, and I said, this is what they're learning? This sucks. <laughs> so you encourage them to go to the expo so they can learn, and guess what they learn every single time they went to a show? So this is my seat motion right here, right? <laughs> and I hope it could like this. And then sometimes, most of the cameras are they're standing in a way that they want this light, but you can't see it because their back is at the head. Huh? Because they aspire to be an educator, but they haven't learned it, so they're only doing it the way that they learned it. Yesterday, education class was phenomenal. If you were here at the Bark of Education class yesterday, it was awesome. I thought it was one of the better examples of classes. I mean, I was able to curate some of the questions and make sure that it was getting distributed right because I'm an educator who understands what it takes to be on the stage, and I know when questions come, how can we get the question to be answered in a way that's effective so they can finish their job and you can get your answer, uh, your question answered. So it made it easy for me to do it because I've done it. I've been on the stage, I've also been the student. Being a practitioner is important. You can't just be an investor and say, I want to open up a school, we're going to make a ton of money, and that's going to be the, the, the kid. Here's the deal. If you can't manage your barbershop, and you can't manage your staff, and you can't manage your own personal time and personal dedication, you can't open up a school. I'm sorry to inform you of that. If you came here to learn how to get a school, I'm going to tell you, you got to figure yourself out first. You can't do it. It's almost impossible to do. So most people who complain about schools want to do it a different way rather than doing it the way and fixing what's already there and maybe adjusting a few things and adapting it. We do continued education the entire program. They're just not learning how to pass state boards. They're just not learning how to pass state boards. My, my, my instructor trainer is here. I'm not going to go real deep, but I'll share something with you. He was in the military. And when he came home, he was a civilian. He was trained to go to war and fight. That's what he was trained to do. To come home and not be able to do what he was trained to do, very frustrating. Would you agree? If someone says you can't cut no more ever again, that's a problem. And he was frustrated, depressed, didn't know what he wanted to do. Fine, living off government money is great. I got full benefits because I was a poor grade. Guess what happens? My wife gets pregnant. I better do something for myself. I want to be the best dad possible. He said, I'm going to come to school. And I'll tell you what he said to me when he first came in. He said, I've never cut hair before. I have no idea what I'm doing at all. Can you train me? I said, yeah, no problem. I'm proud to say that not only did he graduate past the state board exam, not only did he go to work at a shop for a while, was the most successful barber at that shop, he recently just opened up his own shop while going to school for an instructor training program so he could be an instructor in school eventually, right? And he just opened the shop in a gym. Awesome. 
that it made a financial decision to slow down his money coming in to go back to school. Sacrifice. But he had a good experience the first time around. If you had a bad experience, I don't want to go back over there. Why would I want to go back over there? That sucked. You want to be a pastor. You know why? Because the type of programs that we have for Barbara Industry, how many of you guys are proud of second chances? Barbara gave you a second chance in life. Come on, make some noise for yourself. Successful schools that are not accredited, 
You have no regulation. You have autonomy. You can do it however you want to do it. You do it your way in the Burger King prep school. Fine. Identify the type of school you want. This will determine the plans that you're going to need to have a successful school. Now, what I can tell you is this. If anyone is interested in opening a school or having a deeper conversation about school ownership, we're in a position now that we're thinking of opening more career barber institutes in other areas. And I would entertain the conversation with you and be very serious. So I didn't want to paint this picture of having a school is great. Having a school is very challenging. And if you're up for the challenge, we can have the conversation. We can have the conversation. Um, I want to open it to some Q&A. Quick, because I know I have a few minutes before our next speaker. Yes, that one over here. I was just curious, do um, you have that book for sale? This book for sale, so basically what I do is a training on how to uh, open a school. So there is a package, it's not like I'm gonna sell you a book, because if I give you a book, what are you gonna do with it? You can, you can read it, but you gotta learn how to implement it. So it's all about implementation. It's not just having all the rules, it's how you implement it. So there's a training that goes, and I don't want anyone, just so you understand, I don't want you to buy some package for me that teaches you how to work, or doesn't need to teach you. It's all the information you need to have a successful school, and then you don't know how to do it. How many buy video games? Well, video games and don't read the instructions. You just learn how to play it, right? Is it that's me? Well, another question. Yes.